Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Second to None podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and streaming on the 365 Sports YouTube channel. I am your host, Blaine Gilmer, with my co-host, Tavares King. And Tavares, it was an absolutely wild weekend of SEC football. Uh, I know you want to start off with uh, talking about your dogs going into the plains over there and taking care of business now going to be the number one ranked team in the country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously that's pretty exciting. It's not, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a start and it's where we want to end up. We want to stay there. So, so excited about it, obviously, but man, they, they, they did their thing in Jordan Hare stadium this weekend. Obviously, I I I knew Bo Nix was gonna try to be Lamar Jackson Jr. I texted during the game, Lamar Jackson Jr. Jr. Try, trying to trying to make something happen, but we tackled a little bit better than LSU does. Uh, so man, we we went in there and performed well. So it was exciting to see offensively. Um, Stetson played played well, dude. He you know we we might have a quarterback controversy. He's just playing lights out. He's doing everything that he 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 needs to do. Um, but he played great. Uh, guys around him played great. It was just all around, around great day to be a dog. Oh, no Again. doubt. And, and, and as a, as a, a Georgia guy, I'm sure you were absolutely elated, uh, with the night result as well. Alabama goes down against, uh, Texas A&M. I mean, that's, uh, that's just a, you know, that's turned into the, the, the Saban and Kirby and all that kind of dynamic. And, you know, I thought, I know everyone was glued to their television to see, um, you know, College Station just erupt there when Seth Small kicks the field goal through to beat him uh, at the buzzer. I mean, just dude called game at the buzzer, TK, is over with right there. And uh, we're going to break down all that action here on our on our rapid reaction uh, segment to start off our show. We're also going to have two uh, game previews for you this week. So it is exciting SEC action, and that's what you can bet on, guys. Each and every week, you can bet that there is going to be results you didn't expect, teams that are coming out doing doing great stuff. And speaking of betting, guys, if you like to bet on games and, and uh, put a little extra action on them, then you can head over to Bet Online because we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for your all your pro and college football action this season, guys. Whether with their new updated site and interface, they have even more odds, props, contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source 
for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers Available for the 2021 season. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And TK, if you had uh, had me wager on whether uh, Texas A&M would have taken down Alabama, I would have lost that one, my man, because uh, we're going to start off there with our rapid reactions because, you know, that Texas A&M offensive line has just been abused all year. I mean, uh, Arkansas took care of them. Mississippi State uh, took care of them. Zach Calzada has not looked comfortable yet this year. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, uh, Alabama comes into College Station at night and finds themselves in an absolute dogfight with the Aggies. Um, just give your 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 rapid reaction on, on that game. Alabama goes into College Station and loses that one 41-38 at the buzzer. Yeah, man, just an incredible game, incredible incredibly coached game Two probably of the greatest minds in football right now going at it. Um, coach, coach Jimbo Fisher had an amazing plan offensively to attack, to, to attack uh, Nick Saban's defense. I think that's a little blueprint for, for teams, uh, you know, moving forward. And uh, you know, Zach Calzada, he grew up, he grew up in this game. I really think he did um, as well as, those guys you just mentioned up front. Um, a lot of those guys were in high school last year um, playing against um, the number one team in the nation at the time. Uh, man, you know, that's got to be nerve-wracking. But hats off to them, man. They got the job done. They played well. Um, Zach Calzada played well, 21 for 31, um, was poised. Um, they did a leader. it Isaiah Spiller out of the yeah, game a lot. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Spiller went out for some plays. He played. He played well. A chain played well. A chain played well as well. Um, but yeah, Zach Calzada to me, dude, was the difference in this game. Um, I think the biggest play in the game was him standing in there and throwing a dart um, down the side, down the field for a touchdown. Uh, that takes guts, bro. He knew he was going to get hit. He felt. He felt all that. Stood in there. Um, shoot, you're, you've been a quarterback before, you know what that's like. So, uh, even watching that, I think I looked to my wife and I said, Ooh, because <laughs> I knew he was going to take a shot and, uh, you know, they got to respect them, respect the, the heck out of them for one delivering, delivering the strike, taking the blow and for two coming back in there and, and, and finishing that thing off. No doubt. No and doubt. For that reason. And for that reason, Blaine, he's my offensive player of the week. No doubt. I was about to mention that uh, Zach Calzada is the second to none offensive player of the week this week. And TK, you know, it, it kind of just reinforces a little trend that we've been seeing with Alabama. So they go from in, you know, 20, 2016 and 2017 being these these really hard nosed defenses that are first in the country in scoring defense. Uh, 2018, they dropped down to 12th in the country. 2019, Drops down to 13th in the country last year, 13th in the country this year, TK, 42nd in the country. They're giving up 22 points a game. They're just playing, uh, they're not playing as physical a brand of football. Alabama isn't. You're able to run the football. We saw it with Florida. We thought, oh, well, is that a, is that a, um, is that a fluke? You know, what, what's the deal with all that? Florida putting up all those rushing yards in this game. 
TK, you had uh, Texas A&M really imposing their will up front, and that was something that that uh, was crazy to me. You had you know Texas A&M only in, in the game only ended up with a total of 94 rushing yards once you take out sacks and stuff like that. But they were able to move the ball when they needed to, especially late there. And you know they had enough of a running game where Zach Calzada could pick up his yards. But it just seemed like Alabama 153 yards rushing, not great on the day. Texas A&M up front on both sides of the ball, I, I just felt like was more physical than Alabama. Yeah. And that's that's not something you say about a Nick Saban team very much. It isn't. It isn't something you say. Um, and one of the things, you know, we talked about before um, I mentioned is is the linebacker play for me for Alabama is just different. It's different than it's been in the past. They're 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 not flowing like they they normally flow. Um, and maybe they're just a tick slower, um, which is why they're not able to cover a, a, an Isaiah Spiller out of the backfield or, or an A-chain or things like that. So, again, uh, I think the blueprint um, is kind of out there for things to do to, to an Alabama defense, but obviously they'll get that taken care of. They're going to, they're going to get that taken care of and they're going to be fine in the sense of it's, it's Nick Saban. He, he, he knows where the holes are and he's going to, he's going to fix it. They better get it taken care of in a hurry because they go to Mississippi State. And uh, you know that Mike Leach is going to try to stretch them all 53 in the third yard side to side, man. I mean, he is going to make you cover the entire field. And he'll use those running backs out of the backfield and try to, uh, you know, try to take care of business. And, and Zach Arnett and that defense aren't bad either. And don't forget, Mississippi State beat Texas A&M the week before. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, the, the SEC West is truly Which is wild. crazy. Yeah, crazy. It's truly wild. Um, speaking of the SEC West, Kentucky get, uh, takes care of an SEC West foe in LSU. Uh, the only rapid reaction I want to throw out there is just a matter of how long before Ed O gets fired. It's not only because of – I know he's only two years removed from a national championship, and I know that holds a lot of cachet. But in terms of, you know, on live radio saying, hey, we got fishing holes, we can throw guys like that in, you know, basically threaten to kill people on air and all that kind of stuff. Just as a public figure, you know, ahead of highest paid person in a university, probably can't do that kind of stuff. And that's just a long line of, uh, you know, miscues like that for Ed Orgeron. So uh, LSU continues to struggle, sets up a huge matchup with uh, Kentucky and Georgia, Kentucky coming off that win there at home. And we'll preview that here in a second. Again, Missouri is terrible on defense. TK, you give up 35 points to North Texas after getting 62 hung on you <laughs> by Tennessee. I mean, uh, Missouri is just struggling right now on defense. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little funky, man. Earlier in the year, uh, you know, kind of previewing that that squad. You know, I thought they'd be a little bit better. I thought they had some pieces, especially in the secondary, in the secondary that were nice, but they're struggling, bro. They're really uh, struggling, like you said, bro. You're getting 62 hung up on you. Uh, they got outgained by the Mean Green, 493 yards. uh, The North Texas Mean Green hung on Missouri, 188 rushing yards, 305 passing. So, um, you know, that's just too much to be given to a team that doesn't have the amount of talent you do over there. Eli Drinkwitz is is doing his best to try to recruit people, but, um, you know, that probably didn't – instill a lot of confidence in some of those uh, recruits that were there to watch the game, DK, for, <laughs> for that Missouri game. Um, and then, you know, before we give our rapid reaction to, to Georgia Auburn, we already touched on it a little bit. We do have to touch on, uh, of course, Florida takes care of business against Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt's not an SEC team, so we're not going to really 
uh, talk about that too much. Ole Miss, Arkansas. You watched you watched a good bit of that game, uh, TK. I know that uh, some people are questioning for against Sam uh, Pittman's call to go for two there at the end, but just a just a shootout game. Um, but man, shootout. nobody could stop anybody. It was crazy. No, nah, they couldn't. Both teams struggled to stop each other. But man, I, I think I I kind of have to agree with Coach Pittman right there uh, going forward. Let's 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 get out of here. Um, you know, we, we've been in a, in a battle all day long. Let's, let's get up out of here. But, you know, uh, yeah, like you said, nobody could stop anybody all day long. Um, Matt Corral did his thing. Uh, KJ Jefferson did his thing on the ground as as well, bro. It, it was, it was just a tremendous game to watch and, and, uh, a fun, fun one. I mean, KJ Jefferson had 326 yards passing and Arkansas rolled up 350 yards rushing. They had 676 yards total. Ole Miss had 611 yards total. So we're talking approaching 1,300 yards worth of offense in this game. I mean, it's just a, a crazy, crazy atmosphere. Matt Corral, once again, Lane Kiffin does a great job of scheming uh, the, the run game, you know, allowing him to use his legs. And he was, he was efficient through the air as well, 14, 21, 287 yards two touchdowns my my question is i wonder if this old miss team and we're going to preview it here in a little bit but i wonder if this old miss team is just gonna i mean when they go and face a tennessee team that has a front seven in my opinion that is better than arkansas's um you know we'll we'll see how they're able to that's i don't know i think it's just the way that arkansas plays bro they play that, that three those three linemen up there. I think if they switch that up every now and then, mixed mixed it up. I don't, I can't. I don't know if I can give you. I'm telling you, Tennessee's front seven is salty. I promise you that they, they've got they've got some players that can that can get after uh, get after you on that front seven. And we saw what they did for a first half against Florida. You know, before they they ran out of gas. So we'll see if they can. Uh, they need to, in order, and we'll get to that in the preview here in a minute, but they need to force some three and outs for Ole Miss early, and if they're able to do that, their offense is pretty potent as, as well now, and I did want to say that. We we predicted. And it, he looked good. Oh, yeah. Hendon yeah, Hooker looked good. good. I mean, uh, we predicted that Tennessee would go blow the doors off of South Carolina, and that is exactly what they did. They beat them 45-20. to 20. And, you know, a, a lot of people on our prediction were calling us crazy, saying, oh, South Carolina, uh, their front their front seven is going to stop the Tennessee run game. Well, let's just look at it. Tennessee racks up another 247 yards rushing after 458 yards rushing the week before against uh, Missouri. So Tennessee is humming there under Josh Heupel. Now they are four and two on the year, have a huge showdown with Lane Kiffin. So that's two offensively minded, creative guys. And we're going to preview that here in a minute. But last uh, rapid reaction here, TK, the Georgia Auburn game, like you said, uh, you know, that it's a Kirby Smart made a point. He said, guys, with COVID, this was really over 50% of that team's first true road game in a hostile environment like that, TK. And I was on the field down there covering it for UGA Sports. It was as loud as you could imagine right there at the beginning of that game. They have these speakers on the field that are blaring. They got the scoreboard. I mean, you've played in that environment. It is just it's just bonkers right there at the beginning of the game. And then Auburn gets a little bit of momentum, <laughs> is, able, is able to go down there and, and hit a field goal right, early. Right. Bro, they got a first. They got the first down. Got, I knew. I knew it was loud because they got a first down and it got loud on TV. I was like, "Damn, they happy about the first down." But yeah, it, so I know it was rocking in there. 
Oh, yeah, and, they, and it just, just just goes to show how hard it is to move the ball on Georgia's offense, and especially uh, or on Georgia's defense. And then when you go down in the red zone, uh, Auburn was down in the red area, you know, three times with the opportunity, and, and Georgia's, tight, man. Georgia's defense uh, bowed its back. I mean, that's where that speed of that defense – you know, they – Georgia was uh, without numbers in the secondary, right? Chris Smith goes out with a – Christopher Smith goes out with an injury. Tyke Smith wasn't really ready to play yet. Amir Speed was out. They didn't have any backup corners, really. William Poole was having to switch over from safety and play some corner every once in a while. Dan Jackson, a walk-on, was playing starting safety, and he ended up leading the team in tackles after he blocked. He was the guy who blocked the punt against Arkansas last week to kind of seal that game up uh, early. So, you know, they were without numbers. They were playing a little bit softer coverage, TK, and allowing uh, Auburn to have some things underneath. And and to Bo Nick's credit, Mike Bobo's credit, they were patient enough sometimes to take those things. They lost some patience at times, I thought. And that's where when you are when you don't take exactly what Georgia's giving you, that's when danger comes because you hold mm-hmm. the ball just a little bit too long, and they finally get to you, or they 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 force you to they force you to get a hurt. Jalen Carter had eight hurries by himself during that game. Eight hurries, and eight hurries on Bo Nix is a credit because Bo Nix, like you said, you call him Lamar Jackson Jr. Jr. I mean, it was uh, you know, it was it was crazy right there. So just overall thoughts before we move on to our preview of of the of the Georgia Auburn game and how uh, how Georgia's defense kind of held up there. Man, you talk about Jalen Carter, bro. I I I vividly remember him chasing Bo Nix and and saying like, "Dude, that dude right there just wants to kill him. Like he wants to get to the quarterback. Like just <sighs> I'm like that that looks scary." So, man, just uh again, uh hats off job by that front seven. Uh walking walking the old line back in in Bo Nix's lap, frustrating him. Um especially like you mentioned, with guys on the back end being absent, um, helping helping those guys that doesn't get a lot of reps out. So uh, another great job by that front seven. Um, but offensively, bro, uh, I said it earlier, Stetson, Stetson ball, bro. Stetson is a baller. Stetson is a gamer. He is a playmaker. Um, as, well, as well as we see that we've got some playmakers around him. Uh, Lad McConkey, bro. <laughs> He he had a day five for one thirty five with a tug. Um, he gets my up top port top award this week. Um, not only uh, you know statistically was he balling, the route running was there too. Showed a lot of great twi- quick twitch stuff uh, with the with the early uh, double move, and then on the post showed them wheels off. They didn't know they didn't know uh, why chocolate could roll like that. No, he was a uh, lad. McConkey was uh, going, getting after it, man. He was absolutely, uh, you know, great. Five catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, also, you got to think about this: Georgia goes into a hostile environment, just like Alabama went into a hostile environment and lost to Texas A&M. Georgia goes into a hostile environment, and their three leading receivers on the day are freshmen or true freshmen, and a tight a tight end, true freshman tight end, Brock Bowers, who had two. Two big catches there, uh, it kind of explosive type plays. Yeah, Lab McConkey doing his thing for the big day. Ad Mitchell with a touchdown catch down there uh, in the in the red area on the goal line, and you know these are all young cats. Imagine this, folks. Georgia did all this with thirteen members of their two deep on either side of the ball out of this game and missing. And Georgia's getting healthier when George Pickens. 
Dominic Blaylock, Jermaine Burton. Big come O. Back, come yep. back on this offense. Edger, and Big O played, so I'll count Big, him as playing. How close was he to catching that ball? Okay, so I was I was taking pictures right there, and I tried to zoom. I tried to get uh, zoomed in, but I I'm looking through my camera, and all of a sudden I see he's he's about ten feet in front of me, and all of a sudden I see his paw jump bro. up there and try to grab that ball. He was really close, bro. It looked. I was like, goodness gracious, he about snagged that thing. Yeah, he. I mean, yeah, he's a specimen. We're getting healthier, bro. It's it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, it's a, Georgia. Georgia certainly looks. But uh, speaking of Georgia, now we we have um, you know, and you've already given Lad McConkey your up top pork chop winner. We yes, gave Zach, Zach Calzada uh, the offensive player of the week. I'm going to give the defensive player of the week to. We talked about Kentucky taking care of LSU. DeAndre Square and Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, they're going to be a co-defensive players of the week this week. All of our players of the week are presented by the Sideline Sports Network, guys. And you need to make sure to follow them uh, at sidelines underscore sn at ssn underscore college fb. Uh, they put a lot, a lot of great t- content, cover all the ins and outs of the the playoff rates, all that kind of stuff. But when you're talking about uh, players of the week, man, DeAndre Square. For Kentucky, he he just absolutely is is tenacious. He's able to blitz late and get to the quarterback, similar to Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean kind of halted momentum early for Auburn right there with a pick uh, off when it bounced off a of Shiver, and they were he was able to lay out. And how impressive of a play is that, TK? Where you got an inside linebacker running with a little scat back out to the flat, it pops up in the air, and he's able to lay out and pick it like that. I mean, Nicobe Dean is going to be an NFL first round draft pick. Yeah, no questions. This it might be a couple of them. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. That, that Georgia defense is loading with him. So, in terms of speaking of two, that's a Georgia guy and a Kentucky guy taking the co defensive players of the week. So it's time for us, TK, to preview georgia versus kentucky for the second time in three weeks college game day is coming to athens georgia as the number i think they're ranked number 11 now the number 11 ranked kentucky wildcats which why they're not in the top 10 boggles my mind um but but the number 11 ranked kentucky wildcats coming to the number one ranked georgia bulldogs this is the latest that georgia has been ranked number one in a season since 1980 and uh, so the Georgia Bulldogs are six and zero in the year, four and zero in the conference. Kentucky the same. And TK, you got Georgia here. Two very similar operating teams, right? You got uh, Georgia averaging thirty nine point eight points per game. That's twelfth in the FBS. They only allow five point five points per game. TK, that's number one in the FBS. They've outscored. They've outscored their opponents this year, two hundred ninety three to thirty three on the year so far through six games they average 433 yards themselves each game and they average allowing only 203 yards a game tk kentucky they they are 31 points a game that's 55th in the fbs they allow 17.5 that's 20th in fbs they get 411 yards per game and allow 305. So, TK, you got two teams that are in the top 20 in defense and scoring defense, and they're pretty stingy overall. Um, you know, I think both of these offenses 
are going to have challenges when it comes to facing the opposing the opposing defense, but maybe in different ways because uh, Kentucky does it a little bit different with that zone coverage and, and some of those late zone blitzes and things like that. And Georgia, they're in your face. They're manning things up. They're, they're uh, trying to get pressure with four. So, you know, what, what are, what's your initial thoughts on this game as it's a huge atmosphere once again with Georgia and Kentucky? Yeah, stage is set for another great one, obviously. But, uh, you know, Mark Stoops is coming in here with a, an amazing defense. I, uh, in my opinion, I think they're probably the second best defense in the SEC East, um, you know, behind us. Uh, so it'll, it'll be a good game. You know, the, the work is cut out for our offense. I, I expect them to put the pressure on Stetson Bennett or whoever is at the quarterback position and our receivers. I, I really do expect them to, to make make those guys prove that they can do it again and again and again um, because I, I know that they know that we can run the ball on them. Um, and obviously we'll, we will do that. So it'll be, it'll be a great game. It'll be, be a fun, a fun day. I think it'll be another fun day to be a dog. And uh, when you talk about Will Levis for Kentucky, right, uh, they mm-hmm. they needed to get things going in the air. He was efficient for Kentucky, right? He was 14 and 17, 145, three touchdowns. They're still not really stretching the field. You know what I'm saying? They're not really, uh, they're not really being extremely explosive in the past game, but, I will say that they're trying to do a better job of getting the ball to Wanda Robinson. He had eight catches for 60 <laughs> yards. Yeah, he had eight, eight, eight catches for 60 yards in this game. Um, but, but, TK, I think that when you talk about uh, Wanda Robinson, I, I think Georgia will do things with their defense to say one's not going to beat us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they're, oh, 100%. They're, they're going to take Wandell out of the game, and then, then it'll be – can Kentucky's offensive front make enough room for Chris Rodriguez to make a make a living, you know, against that against that Georgia D? He had 16 carries for 147 yards. TK, I, I think this is going to be a tremendous matchup. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome, bro. But you can have 16 carries for a bill if it's somewhere to go. But anyway, anyway, I don't think it's going to be nowhere to go. <laughs> well, and that's the that's the thing I was going to bring up. Uh, you know, obviously, we like to talk about the spreads and see what's happening right here, dude. Bet Online has Georgia opened up as a twenty four and a half point favorite over Kentucky, over the eleventh ranked team in the country. So, I mean, TK, is that is that too many points? I mean, what's what do you what are you thinking that you know? Remember they had uh, they had Georgia as a fifteen point favorite over fifteen and a half point favorite over. Auburn they end up winning that one by 24 points on the road I mean 24 and a half at home that pretty strong or what I told them people to take the points oh man this 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 Georgia defense honestly is oh it's come down a little bit just so you know it's 22 and a half now 22 oh okay uh no man but no for real I think this Georgia defense is just so stout that that uh Vegas is is saying like people can't score on them and then they and with that, we're going to get good field position as well as, you know, Stetson Bennett's doing his thing as well as guys are making plays. So I think that Vegas is rolling with us. And and, and honestly, I'm rolling with us too. I think that Will Levis um, and that Kentucky, Kentucky offensive line struggles to get it done. Um, I think that they struggle to get it done up front for him. So when they do drop back, explosive plays can't, can't be done because he's going to have somebody in his face. And if we can bottle them up, obviously – secondary plaster then i think we'll be fine 
I'll be honest with you, TK. I think Kentucky, in terms of uh, overall, I think they may they Alabama's not the same Alabama that they that they've been. I think I think. But you're not about to say they they the best team that we may play. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm oh. saying is I think when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, Alabama's got a lot of stuff to figure out. I'm going to say Kentucky's the second best, not just in the East, the second best defense in the entire SEC. Yeah. And, and not not overall team. I'm saying the second best defense. That defensive unit, the way they play together cohesively, I think Kentucky's really, really good. I, what I don't think is they're not a complete team. I don't think Kentucky has what they what it takes offensively to even pose a threat to Georgia on that side of the ball. I think that, that Georgia's going to, one, out have more more depth and more talent than they have on that offensive side of the ball, and I think Dan Lanning and company will scheme them up tremendously and take away some of their biggest threats. So I don't know. That 22-and-a-half is a little strong, TK, uh, but I, I, I think Georgia takes care of this one handily. I mean, what's uh, what's your overall pick of how this one plays out? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we take care of it man, probably with the 22 points, my dude. Uh, again, I just don't – I don't see – you you mentioned it. that Wandell doesn't touch it enough. He has been. Um, but they don't have enough weapons to have enough explosive plays. Um, and if you're going to beat this Georgia team, you have to have explosive plays. Um, but on the other side of that, I don't think that physically – that they match up with us well offensively. So I think I think we'll be able to physically impose ourselves on them a little bit. Yeah, but you were you were kind of balking back a little bit when I was saying they may be the second best defense. I mean oh. just just by how they play. I mean I I, I don't they see fly how... around, bro. They, they they definitely fly around to the ball. Um coach stoops. I mean yeah, you know what? I I, I won't say they're not I mean they I, have nine seniors starting on the defensive right. side. Right. They the got a lot of experience. Coach Stoops got them rolling. Um, you could, you know what, you could very well be right. Um, you could very well be right. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Uh, you got to we we threw out score predictions last week for Georgia Auburn. I said twenty eight nothing over over Auburn, and I, on the Kentucky game, I said Kentucky would win twenty seven seventeen. Obviously, both uh, overshot my expectations there on the point side of it. Um, what what are you what are you thinking in terms of this Georgia Kentucky game? Um, man. I think they struggle to score probably uh, probably like a 38 to 10 game. Yeah, I, I, I like I like along those lines. I, I think that that Georgia is able to uh, get get some points on the board. I do like a, a field goal here or there. I'm going to say I'm going to say that maybe Kentucky has a great run by Chris Rodriguez or Wandell makes a play just because they're good players. So I'm going to say uh, they score, score one late. I'm going to say Georgia 41-17 in this 41-17. one. 41-17. So. 41-17. So I'm taking them to cover. I am taking them over the 22 points. So uh, take, taking them to cover um, and, and win Georgia in this game. Now, TK, uh, before we move on to – Tennessee and Ole Miss. I do want to ask: Do you think when JT Daniels is healthy that this is a straight JT Daniels job, or do you think there will always be a package in there where Stetson Bennett is used solely because of the purpose of his legs? Man, I I, I think he's making it hard now again, just um, just because he's he's doing again, he's doing all the right things. But yeah, even when JT gets back, he he doesn't move like Stetson moves. He doesn't. Um, he can 
run the the our the read option like Stetson can run the read option. So I think there definitely will be a place for him if um he he's not the guy. I mean, you, you think about some teams have a wildcat package, right? It's like every play's a wildcat package with Stetson Bennett. The dude can scoot. He runs. He hits twenty, almost twenty-one miles per hour on the GPS. I mean, he can he can run. You know, he, no, he, no, he he can slide. He need to come see me for his jukes, though. His his juke was a little little bendy, little bendy, yeah. but but he can he can run for real. Yeah, he he can. I think on that fourth and two uh, at in, in Auburn's uh, forty-one. They were it was a fourth and two, and they did the little zone read, and he ripped off a thirty yard run uh, where mm-hmm. nobody even knew he had the ball. You know that's, that's yeah. They got of, me. They got me on that one. That was kind of a that that brings a different element to that Georgia team. It also got Smoke Monday thrown out of the game on that targeting where my man put his dang crown right and tried to go through Stetson's face mask. So uh, you know, I mean, I know that's that's it's hard to legislate that out of the game and all that kind of stuff now, but. You know, hey, that's what you get when you get a quarterback running these days. It seems like it's a, it, it puts even more pressure on the defense, TK, because, oh, we can't hit him in the head, you know, so. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The, the ejection, I mean, I'm with the flag, but you, you ain't got to kick the dude out of the club. Yeah, they should probably change that rule. Now let's get to Ole Miss going on the road to Knoxville, TK, to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. Josh Heupel's team is rolling in the mm-hmm. last in the last two weeks, TK, they've scored 107 points and have uh, over 700 yards of rushing in the last two weeks. I mean, they're really getting things going. Of course, Ole Miss bounced back with an offensive explosion uh, against Arkansas in that shootout. This is a 7:30 kick. You know, Neyland Stadium is going to be rocking. Auburn's no. Auburn's loud, but TK, you've played when Neyland is is jumping. Is there a louder place than Neyland Stadium with those uh, those 100? whatever 115,000 or whatever it is over there in that stadium it's uh it's jumping you know them folks gonna be good and liquored up they it's gonna be a good time in there uh it's definitely gonna be jumping man uh that'll be a good one but you said it coach coach Heifel's got that 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 Tennessee offense rolling I think Hendon Hooker um is is doing a lot of growing up um within the past few weeks bro um and and what a time to 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 be hitting midseason form uh, mid season, and I think he's hitting it because he's 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 making all the right plays, all the right reads, um, and guys around him, bro. I, I, again, when this happens for a quarterback, it elevates the play of guys or for the receivers. Um, so it well, guys Hinden, around him are making plays. So it's Hinden, it's awesome to see. Hendon Hooker's having the same effect on that Tennessee offense that Stetson Bennett's having on the Georgia offense, right? They believe in him. They, yeah. they they believe when you believe in your quarterback and you're able to go out there and play, uh, and and they have fun playing with him. It, the last two weeks, Hendon Hooker seventy eight point nine percent completion percentage against Missouri, seventy three point nine against South Carolina. Against South Carolina this past week, seventeen to twenty three, two hundred twenty five yards and three touchdowns. He had two hundred twenty five yards and three touchdowns exactly against Missouri too. So if he goes for two twenty five and three tutties, he gets old Miss man. We're just gonna start calling him, uh, you, you know, we're just start calling Mister Consistency right there because Hooker is just uh, dialing it out. He had two hundred twenty one yards and two touchdowns against Florida. So I think we're honing in on that number, TK. Hendon Hooker's gonna get somewhere in the two twenties passing uh, for a couple touchdowns at Consistency. least. Consistency. Yeah, consistency. That that my I had a I had a head coach TK that always said the true measure of greatness is consistency, right? Consistency. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's how you measure true greatness. So we'll see if Hendon Hooker can remain 
uh, consistent. The bet online spread for this one, TK, Ole Miss is a three-point favorite on the road. Um, so really they think this is about a, a touchdown game because Tennessee is probably getting three points off of that because of being the home team. So uh, I, I, TK, I really think, and I'm, I'm being, I'm being as truthful as I can. I really, really like this Tennessee front seven. I like the way they play um, in terms of like Tyler Barron on the edge. He's the type of guy that, that TK, he's just relentless. He comes off and gets after you. They've got leadership and like Theo Jackson uh, coming from the, the safety position. Um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a defense that is really starting to come into its own and shut down. Obviously, Missouri and South Carolina have had their struggles, but when you're believing TK and, and you're playing at a high level and then you got a home game, uh, you know, you got a home game where you're able to, to have that crowd juiced up at night. So we'll see, we'll see the last road experience that Ole Miss had. It wasn't too good over there in Tuscaloosa. So we'll see if they've learned from that. No, nah, it wasn't nice over there, but I think I think Lane and the crew, um, obviously being in another battle uh, last week, will, will will be ready and prepared for for their. I mean, they're battle tested. Um, so so they they've been in big games already. Obviously, this year they've been in big games that they won. Uh, they've been in big games that they've well lost. So I think that I think I think it'll be a good one, bro. The stage will be set. Um what what's the over again? Seventy nine. The over under seventy nine in this one. We, we got us a we got us a high a high ass over, bro. So it'll probably be a bunch of points scored in this one. So it'll be a fun game. Um but I, I Matt Matt Corral, dude, I, I, I like him a lot, bro. I, again I'm I'm laying trained in, in Matt Corral. So so we'll I just think that they're 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 special together. How much does it worry you that Old Miss's defense has given up 560 yards of rushing, and that's really the calling card right now for Tennessee when they have a key running back like Tyon Evans, who has 482 rushing yards on the year, 6.6 carries. Hendon Hooker's getting it done with his legs as well with 282 yards. I mean, is that a concern for this Old Miss team? Because Tennessee's offense is moving at that warp pace, TK. I mean, they're snapping the ball very quick. Do you think they're able to steal a possession or two and, uh, you know, just catch catch Ole Miss off guard um, with their defensive woes? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll, I think they'll definitely uh, have them running side to side. We know Josh Heifel likes to go up temp- tempo, run a lot of plays. Um, but uh, we also know that Ole Miss struggles – uh, defensively tackling, we've seen it. Uh, I think two weekends in a row. Uh, so, so again, I when I say lane train, it's it's about the offense. <laughs> yeah. But, but man, they're they're gonna struggle, bro. I think I think defensively they'll struggle. I think that Josh Heupel and uh, Hendon Hooker and that Tennessee offense will put up some points, but they're gonna put up points too. So I think they'll 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 be in another uh, shootout, kind of similar to what they were in last week. Yeah, Tennessee's also getting some passing threats there. uh, Bellis Jones, Jr., six catches, 103 yards, a touchdown against South Carolina. Javonta Payton, who had that big touchdown catch against Florida, pulls in another 39-yard touchdown catch in this game against South Carolina this past week. And then Jalen Hyatt, three catches, a touchdown as well. So, and they're just starting to get that continuity and that production out of that offense. I really like the front seven. I'm just going to tell you, TK, I think Tennessee 
also Lane Kiffin's coming back to Knoxville. He spurned those people, you know, I mean, that, that whole late night move thing, all that kind of stuff. Those people are going to be, like you said, liquored up and there's going to be some good old volunteer rednecks giving Lane Kiffin the business up there in the stands. And if they get a little bit of momentum early, I think it's going to be uh, very, very interesting. And I say that with affection because I'm a Georgia redneck myself. So Listen here. Uh, Listen here, my brother. Switch those. If Ole Miss get jump on, jump out there on that tail, he gonna show his behind too now. Oh no, he's gonna try to. It's gonna be it's gonna be the the hatred of one hundred and fifteen thousand versus the hatred of Lane Kiffin, and we'll see which one has more willpower there. The uh, when it comes down to it, I'm gonna take Tennessee in this game, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna take it for the reason that I just have zero faith in the ability of old miss to stop the run i thought they had turned the corner before that alabama game i had a lot of confidence thought they played pretty well but it just turned out tk they hadn't played anybody that was able to run the ball so alabama and arkansas has ran it down their throat the last two weeks tennessee's going to do the same i like tennessee to cover i like tennessee to win outright i let me see if i like the over or not i think 79 points i think tennessee uh, to win this game is going to have to put up. I say Tennessee wins this game 48 to 41. So I'm going to take the over in this game. Uh, and and I, I, I'm going to take Tennessee to win 48 41. Who do you got? Whoo. Lane train. Look, bro, you just said it. They be, and I said it. They've been in games. They've been getting, they've been getting ran on. That ain't nothing new. That is nothing new, bro. They've been getting ran on. Well, it's almost might run twice. on. They, it Ten- beat them, beat them in Alabama. Tennessee, Tennessee might run up and down the field on them. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to score some points, bro. They're going to score a lot of points. Tennessee might score a lot of points. So I'm definitely taking the over. Um, it's probably going to be a, a, a 51 40. It's a tight one. 48 game. Uh, field goal there for Ole Miss wins it at the end. Well, guys, so those are our two game previews. We gave you our up top pork chop with Lad McConkey, our offensive player of the week, Zach Calzada for Texas A&M and that performance co-defensive players of the week, DeAndre Square and Nicobe Dean. I forgot to mention the special teams player of the week is Seth Small, the field goal kicker for Texas A&M, nailing that that uh, kick right there at the always, end. Always, everybody always trying to lead a kicker out, man. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, we, well, it's just like Vandy's not a member of the SEC. It's debatable whether kickers are football players or not, so we're trying to <laughs> – No, they're the to, guy guys. That, that's they're, it. They're the guys. So we gotta we gotta figure all of that stuff out. But guys, we always love chopping up SEC football action for Tavares King. I'm Blaine Gilmer here on Second to None. Make sure to hit subscribe, turn on notifications, and join us on Wednesday as we will be diving into our SEC West and SEC East power rankings presented by Sideline Sports Network. Also, we will be hitting some top individual matchups uh and then maybe even some recruiting guys so a big recruiting weekend coming up uh, for georgia i know texas a&m had a lot of guys there for that alabama victory that we can touch on that uh tk you know that helping you guy nick williams out over there that pulling that upset at home uh so we'll have yeah, that, all, that was probably huge 
Oh, that was huge. Uh, they had a guy, Walter Nolan, in there, five-star defensive tackle that you know was impressed. Julian Humphrey, who was uh, trending with Georgia there. He's committed to Florida, but he's visited Georgia and A&M in back-to-back weeks, and uh, you know he, he enjoyed seeing that over there. So, like I said, for Tavares King, I'm Blaine Gilmer. Make sure to join us on Wednesday for all that good stuff I just told you about here on the Second and None podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.